and welcome to another edition of In the Ring with Dan and Benny. I'm Dan Spaciano, joined as always... Hey, wait a minute. This is the uh, part where I introduce Benny. Who are you? This is a Benny's a Cugino, Biagio's Cugino, uh, Il Stallone Italiano. Italian Who? stallion. Ah. I'm a visiting from Scala, Italy. My English knows so good. Be Biagio, Benny, outside, looking for that Dominic Danucci guy. Uh, he wants that polenta. Then no, Dominic. Uh, how do you say in your language? He, he do the Iggy. My English not so good. Well, you know, as much as I appreciate you covering for your cousin, go get him. He's outside. You go find he's, him. Bring yeah, him back here. Yeah, he's out out of sight. I go get him. Un momento, senor. Yeah. Un momento. Mm. Apparently, hey, Benny, Benny is still out there looking for. Get your ass inside. They're calling for you. Un momento. Family drama. Apparently, Benny's still outside looking for Dominic to uh, for his challenge. The mistake in the lake. More news on that coming. He's there. Ooh. Oh, there you are. Did I miss anything there? Uh, just your crazy-ass cousin. Oh, yeah, one of the neighbors, uh, they had some brujute. So we'll never see him again. <laughs> well, as I was saying before the lovely switcheroo there, I'm Dan Spaciano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, the real Benny, how you doing? Good, good. Can't complain. Well, that's good Except to hear. for my cousin. I guess I can complain about that. <laughs> he means well, well, just, you know. Yeah, hopefully the neighbors keep him busy for the next couple he's, days. He's got food. We'll never see the guy again. He's going to have to file a missing persons report now. Oh, that's funny. But uh, so uh, tell me, Benny, I know every seems every week you got some new updates on your dating life. How's that going? Yeah, um, you know, I get these same things. You know, I got the, I actually uh, went to the uh, senior citizens women's home and uh, I actually danced for them and uh, I got a whole bunch of pudding and buffalo nickels. So I, I just can't, you know, I, I just hey, can't uh, win. Benny, hang on. I'm getting an outside call here. Hold the phone. Got to run in? All right. We're having technical difficulties. we got an outside caller coming in wanting to call with you, Benny. Wow. Maybe it's one of those women. Hello. Or not. Hey, uh, caller, you're on the air with uh, Dan and Benny. Who is this? You're live. Uh, I'm right here, Daniel. How are you, Ben? Hey, look <laughs> who it is. Papa Bear himself. Surprise visitor. Salute, Dave. My boys, my boys. Benny, I like the background, brother. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Daniel, how do you like this stuff? So far, so, so far, good. So good. Beautiful, beautiful. So what are we talking about tonight? Well, we are going to look at look at a little bit of the week in wrestling, but we were going to start the uh, big news uh, coming out of the wrestling world. Unfortunately, sad news is the passing yeah. of but legendary Butch Reed. Benny, yeah, you... Uh, Butch Reed passed... Uh, 66 years old, young guy. Um, I actually spoke to Butch about three months ago. About uh, Well, I think you know about it, Dan. Uh, he was going to come on the show, but uh, 
They want it to be paid, and you know we have a, um, a policy of not paying anybody. Um, I kind of almost regret not paying them, because that would have been a hell of an interview to have. That sounds like uh, I'm having a flashback to West Side Story when they weren't going to pay the band. Remember that? <laughs> Benny, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, Daniel. Yes, sir. I'm watching the show. Uh, you and Ben, I like the... Uh, the Dan and Ben in the ring, D and B03. Nice, cute, cute, very pithy. Um, like what you guys are doing with it. Um, I got some exciting news for you next week. Not gonna, I'll, I'll wait till next week to, to break them. I was going to break it tonight. I was going to do a big announcement tonight, but in light of which reads passing, not appropriate for tonight. So. Dan, don't let me interrupt you. Listen, this is your show tonight. I'm just here as a guest. Well, that sounds like a plan. Benny, you um, you wanted to start with a story. When we talk about Butch Reed, you wanted to start with a story involving uh, Harley Race, you said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I think if, if we're going to tell any story, I, that sounds like a good one, and I guarantee you a lot of people haven't now, heard. Why don't you tell us that story? this is for Tony Atlas, so, I mean, you got to, you know, but he seems like he's a pretty straight shooter, Tony Atlas. Um Apparently, you know, Butch Reed, <laughs> Butch Reed, as, as tough as he thought he was, made the mistake uh, of messing with one Harley race. And um, big mistake, you know, like a huge, as Donald Trump would say. And uh, according to, to uh, Tony, uh, Harley messed him up pretty bad. And it was pretty quick. And I think, uh, you know, when, when Butch tried to get up and Harley knocked him down again. And at this point, Harley was actually an older man. But uh, Tony said that when Harley Race hit you, your knees buckled. <laughs> yeah. I know that story, Benny. It actually happened at an autograph signing. Okay. Yeah, I know that story well. Um, yeah, but Butch actually had a, a few minutes getting up. It, was, uh, it wasn't where he just sprung to his feet, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, when Harley hit you, you know, the ground you, shook. You stayed, you stayed hit. You stayed hit, yeah, exactly. Harley, Harley showed him who the king was, huh? Tyson. What's that thing? I said Harley showed him who the king was, huh? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, just like Harley showed Hulk Hogan who ran Kansas City. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> when he showed up with a he showed up with a gun? Yeah, didn't he had to invite me on, you know. Like, that's a whole story in itself. Oh yeah, I know. You know the story, right, Benny? Oh yeah. Didn't he show up with a gun? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He probably didn't even need the gun. The gun was just insurance. So let me ask you, Benny, while I got you here, I'm going I'm to stay for a couple minutes, and I'm going to shoot out of here. Um, I just wanted to check on my boys and see how you're doing. I'll tell you, Papa Bear's proud of you. I Thank like you. the new show. I like what you're doing with it. Um, Daniel, you got to wear your wrestling with the future T-shirt, though. Well, I'm, I got a lot of room to talk. Look, this Salute is uh, day. I like this that. is Pasquale. Salute a chin chin. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so no, I like what you guys are doing with it. Um, so Benny, um, uh, this is you're no longer Big Ben now. You're just Ben. I'm the BS Express. It was Dan and Benny. <laughs> I'm the runaway train of bullshit. The BS Express. There you go. All right, cool. All right, I like that. It's All like right, the Midnight you know. Express, but it's got then it's I'm got BS it. instead of Midnight. Well, is it really a wrestling nickname if it doesn't have the word express in it? Absolutely. You got to be, yeah. No, I don't know, Dan. Well, nobody would really get Benny BFG 
I like that one better, but you know, if you're not Italian, you don't really get BFG. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So Dan, uh, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up on the show? Uh, any special guests or uh, retrospective well, book packs or what, what are we doing here? Yeah, we we've got a couple. Uh, we've got the uh, New Jersey, the looking at New Jersey and indie wrestling in Texas with uh, Andrew Anderson. We have oh, a returning Scott Teal to discuss wrestling literature, and then we have uh, Benny. You, uh, you said who, who, we had uh, Marty Funk. Well, the Funks want to, yeah, and I, it might be an on location in Ocala. So the, it, it might be truly Scala from Ocala if we can figure out the logistics. There you go. And then we've got a, uh, with the buildup, obviously, we've got a couple of big events coming up. We plan on doing a uh, countdown to WrestleMania like we did with the Royal Rumble. We've got predictions, and then we'll, we'll analyze the show. It's uh, two nights this year, so we can uh, definitely get some meat potatoes out of that. But we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Fabulous, fabulous. I like what's happening. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, I, I like all the mob talk stuff there, Angela. It, look, it looks really good. I'm you know, pretty excited yeah, for this stuff I'm seeing there. What, uh, mob talk is taking off. Boy, is it taking off. Um, we actually have a, a dedicated sponsor for mob talk. I uh, can't announce them yet. I'm going to announce them next week. Uh, but it's, a, it's a, a very, very generous sponsor. Um, and you guys are going to be hearing a lot about them. Uh, the other thing I wanted to come on here and tell you guys uh, is that um, as of tonight, as of right now, you guys are in charge of the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, okay? wow. Okay. So does Dan get the kit and I get the That's caboodle, the, or does it really sure. matter? I mean, the, uh, the in the ring with Dan and Ben and wrestling with the future, you guys are taking over all the wrestling. I am washing my hands of the wrestling. I am going to stick with the uh, strictly the talk shows. The wise uh, guys. Talk. I'm going to. I will have the writers' room. Um, in fact, I've got the Scott Teal is going to come on the writers' room and talk about non-wrestling related stuff. Um, Nick Christopher is coming on uh, Thursday night. Talk about a, um, an interesting story about a guy who's done. 30 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. That's I saw that. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Big one. It's rough. Um, and Dan, um, I uh, I like what you're doing, kid. I was I was a little leery of whether I could trust you with uh, me and Jeff's baby, but you uh, you earned your points, and uh, I think you made your bones. You made his bones, right? He done good. Well, thank you. Want to exactly. do 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 my buddy proud? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, this was half his baby anyway. You know, when yes, he sir. and I started this thing, uh, you know, he was all gung ho about the. I've been talking thing a lot about Jeff today too. Was my my sister is with Jeff. Um, so my sister would have been sixty today. I saw that. I saw that, Angela. Yeah. Uh, thank you for noticing that, Benny. Appreciate it. Um, so it's been a little rough day for me, a little, little melancholy thinking about my yeah. sister and Jeff. I can but understand that. All good, all good. You know, um, I'm trying to live out their legacies, you know. Um, definitely trying to, you know, to put a positive spin on a, uh, you know, what could have been a, a real crappy day. Could have been a real shit day. But my boys are here, and so tell me what we... Uh, 
what we've got to, for the rest of the evening because I'm going to head out of here in a little bit and just sit back to listen to you guys. Well, we, we were going to uh, continue our look at the career and life of Butch Reed, and then we've got some discussions on a follow-up. Uh, we got some some rating numbers we want to look at, and then there, uh, the the WWE has a Valentine's Day theme pay per view coming up, so we're kind of looking at the build in for that. God and then, <laughs> you know, it's funny all the all the names they've been bringing back, and they didn't call this upcoming pay per view the same Valentine's Day massacre. But that, it's just it boggles the mind. It you, boggles you can, the mind. But you, you know, this is really into the macabre, you know. Right, exactly. I mean, you got you got the uh, Halloween Havoc. You you they brought back the War Games and all these events, yeah. and you 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 have a pay per view on Valentine's Day, and it's not the same Valentine's Day massacre. Feels like a lost opportunity. But they've got the build up there, and then we're going to uh, well, speaking hype up. of lost opportunities, I actually had a chance. I did so. You guys are making me do stuff now. Now that I'm sitting back watching, um, I'm actually, I actually watched that Royal Rumble. Uh, and it was every bit as bad as I thought it was going to be. In fact, it might have been a little worse. Um, but i got to give my boys credit. You know, I'll give you guys a steaming pile of shit and you'll find a way to put it over. So <laughs> Make chicken, you know, chicken soup out of chicken shit, right? It was horrible, Benny. It was awful. It's all in a chef. We we make oh bad things good. God. What were they thinking? I mean, they put the championship match out, the number one match. They didn't even let nobody wait for it. Goldberg and Drew, first one out. Well, and that's funny because, you know, when we get into Raw, the first thing that they oh. did was Drew. Well, the announcers put over the, the match, and then Drew put over the match. Like it was really a good match. And then, you know, he pointed to the sign about the road to WrestleMania. And I thought the whole thing was like, I mean, it, it was not good. It was kind of corny. I mean, yeah. that was just a bad match. Just You should have just was, forgotten about it. I'll tell you what, the road to WrestleMania is paved with gravel at this point. It's horrible. Um, it's really big. You know, and, and, you know, to your point, Ben, you know, all Big old Bill Goldberg was blown up by the time he hit the ring. You know, yeah, when his, he was he was gassed at his pyro. He was already he was blown up. He was sweating by then. Like awful. 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 I don't yeah, know if he had like a three pound hamburger before. Like, he had the meat sweats, but I'm telling you, I gotta give Dan credit though. Dan, you are a pro. If there ever was a pro, you're a pro. You you sat there and you analyzed that show with a straight face. Like a real reporter, like a real analyst, and you and you you stuck to your guns and you were adamant and by golly this was a good pay per view. It sucked donkey cock. Well the, you know the, the problem was they led off with a really bad match and I think you know that who who booked this stuff? Do we know yeah. yet who booked it? Well like but the uh Bruce Pritchard job to me. You know, it's funny. Um, it may have been Pritchard because, like I said, the the dirt sheets are all reporting that McMahon stayed home. This was the first pay per view that was run by Triple H and the new crew. So you would have had um, Pritchard, old Teeth McGee, and then Triple H running things. Man, you know Vince was watching at home, though, right? You know, I held out hope for the future. I thought maybe a Hunter and Step get a hold of it. 
leave the old man home back the mansion to count his money, you know, and just let, you know, Steph and, and Paul take care of it. Maybe you got a shot. But those old stalwarts like Kevin Dunn and, um, you know, and Bruce Pritchard, you know, forget. Don't forget who's there, too. I don't know if you, I think, Dan, you might, you might have made reference to it, but Carlito. Uh, yeah. He is, in fact. Right now, Carlito is, in fact, a backstage producer, and he is on their payroll. Um, yes. And he is mightily jacked, and it ain't natural. Um, yeah, well, he is. He, he, he ate all those apples, Angelo, those those thick, juicy apples. What they were juiced with, I don't know. But yeah, they're very high in protein like, all of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. It he was good to see him. Out. No, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I kind of marked that when I saw him. It was great. No, and, and he he didn't look bad. He didn't do bad. I mean, and I'm I'm actually glad he's got a job. He's he's a lot better than a lot of the guys they have. Well, it what it it says volumes that to have a pay per view, they've got to you know they've got to pull up you know dredge names from the past like Carlito and Goldberg and Edge and Christian. Like these guys are retired. They're in their fifties and sixties. That's like what AEW is doing with Sting. He's 61 years old, okay? He's 61 years old. Well, we're in our 60s, Angela. No, we're, we can still go. We're in the prime of our lives. I mean, come on. Yeah, but hey, I don't want to step into a ring and get the shit beat out of me either. Though, well, right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to call out Dominic, even though he's Iggy and me. I mean, I'm ready for him. Dominic will kick your ass. I got news for I you. know. <laughs> and I'm like my cousin Vinny. I could use a good ass kick, and I'll be real honest with you. Like, <laughs> so what else does the uh, the future of in the ring with Dan and Ben hold? What do you guys want to do with this? Where you want it to go? Well, like I said, we've got uh, uh, we, we like the we like the uh, and we got a lot of good response on the pay per view reviews and our predictions. And then the analysis and uh, post of our predictions, which we were both wrong on the main rumble. So that was nice to see, you know, people that kind of know what they're talking about. And Benny and I both being wrong shows that they can still throw a curve here and there. And I guess well, we should bring up our uh, Super Bowl yeah, prediction. You show you did. Just so you guys know, I've been keeping tabs on the numbers. The review show that you guys did between the, uh, the pre-show and the uh, post-show. Is almost 800 views between the two of them. There you go. That's pretty awesome. We'll, we'll uh, try to keep up the good work. That's just YouTube. Um, the streaming sites, it's in the thousands. Nice. All right. So you've got the power of Wrestling with the Future Network behind you. Uh, and we are adding a couple more shows on, of course, Mob Talk, uh, Conspiracy Corner. Um, and we're doing a um, another retrospective look at a dead celebrity who may not be dead. So I'm just going to let I'll let you fester over that one, Dan, for a week. My guess is Andy Kaufman. You're real close, brother. You're okay. real close. Yeah, but Andy's on the list though too. I'd like Andy's to. If, if we're going to do conspiracy theories, I would love to either do a show with you or listen to a show about Marilyn Monroe, because that's one of my all-time favorite conspiracies. We actually have a guy coming on who says he dated Marilyn Monroe. 
His name is Gianni Russo, and he played Carlo in the movie The Godfather. Oh, the guy that uh, James Conn beat the shit out of, like in the, exactly. you know, in the streets, and yeah, with hit him with a garbage can lid. That was a great match. <laughs> yeah, that was well, like a TLC match, and yeah, Carlo came out on the short end of that one. We're going to have him on Mob Talk. Yeah, Gianni Russo. He, he, he did the job for uh, James Conn in that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. Although he ultimately won out because look what happened to James to Sonny Santino. Yeah. I mean, you see, I, I come on here with you and Dan, and then Dan gets quiet like a little church mouse. Well, I mean, I I've, tried, in that I've been trying to get a word in, but, you know, one way or the other. That's because Benny won't shut up. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'll stop now. So no, how do you like had... Dan that you don't have to fight for attention now? <laughs> well, you know, it's nice to be able to finish sentences. Benny, Benny only cuts me off every once in a while. And just for the record, I'm I'm Virgil to uh, you know Dan is Ted DiBiase, so we we have our roles down, Pat. Right. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be booking him without his knowledge and just show up and you know it'll say now exactly. he now appearing Virgil and Ted DiBiase, it would just be me. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys, I am going to let you go. Um, I've got a phone call coming in at eight o'clock with Nick Christopher. Uh, take care. Um, I'm proud of my boys. Uh, whatever I can do uh, to help bolster your numbers, to push them up, uh, whatever I can do, an occasional guest appearance maybe, um, a little banter just to make Dan feel like, you know, like the Sheik says, to make you feel humble. Yeah. Break break my well, back and make me feel humble, humble Bubba. <laughs> yeah, skip the rest of it. Just make them humble. Make me feel like a jabroni. Nah, I'm proud of you guys. You've done a great, a really, really good job. So, on that note, I uh, leave you to Dan and Ben, and I am out of here like shit through a goose. Take care. There you go. Thanks, Papa Bear. Well, I mean, that's All that's right. re- and no, that's that's nice to hear. You know, um, I mean, obviously, everybody knows we started under the Wrestling with the Future umbrella, and and then we split off and, and Dan in the ring with Dan and Benny being its own show. And then wrestling with the future transitioning more to the network, yeah. uh, the wonderful, the wonderful artwork and, and our Facebook page is hopping for those out there. Just check in the ring with Dan and Benny on Facebook. And we, uh, well, I think it's taken off. Oh yeah. Like that hooker said to me, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> but, uh, okay. As, as we were, as we were getting back to it, um, looking at, you know, they, they announced, uh, when when they announced fam- Butch Reed's family announced he passed, I think it's interesting. It hasn't been. I I, I I'm not trying to. You you just mentioned conspiracy. I'm not trying to get twisted on it. But it it hadn't been confirmed by a lot of media sources. But his family in uh, some of the relatives that he has attributed his his death uh, to obviously uh, COVID related from the complications that it worsened the complications from the heart attack he had in January. And so, I mean, another one, another great, hopefully, I mean, yeah. I, I, you, you, hope, you hope they're wrong, but if not, that's another great that's that terrible disease is taken from us. Yeah, I absolutely. think the testament, you, you, you told the story, I think the testament, and people lose, lose sight of it, is Butch Reed was still involved in wrestling well past his, uh, the, the era that he's most associated with. I mean, his first match was in 1978, and his last professional match was in 2013. Of all people, right. he, he teamed with Bob Orton, Cowboy so Bob he was Orton. Like 50, yeah, I think he was 59 at the time. Yeah, he was he was just just shy of 60. But I mean, now now let me ask you something, Benny. I'm a little younger than you are. I'm 37. I remember. Bit, yeah. I'm I remember. And a half. Okay. 
plus plus a few. Thirty. What is it? What is it they used to say? Thirty-eight and holding. Right. Yeah, that was thirty-nine. I think that. I remember. I remember Butch Reed's time from. It's obviously his early time in the World Wrestling Federation. By the time I was old enough to really appreciate it, he was, they called him the natural. They had the blonde the hair. Blonde hair, yes, sir. You know, I remember they, they would they would reference some of the, the local stores would have the tapes from his time in like Mid-South. You know, his, his feud, uh, I'm sure, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you remember when he had the, the feud with Jim Duggan over the name Hacksaw and, excuse me, uh, is his battles with the Junkyard Dog. Um, but I remember his time in the World Wrestling Federation, and so I, let me ask you something. Then that's me. What was your? When did you kind of learn? When when did you? Was your first exposure to Butch Reed? Well, um, I had seen him uh, before that when he did when he wrestled in uh, Mid South. Um, now, one thing I, I did learn in my research, what I didn't realize, he actually pinned Ric Flair uh, in a non-title match on TV. I think it was November of 1985. Right in the middle of the ring, it was a clean, you know, clean win. There was no controversy with it. So, um, and I didn't realize that he was that much over that that he actually, you know, was was they, you know, to pin Flair on TV, clean pin, no, you know, no foot on the ropes, no distraction. Right. He just, you know, he just did it, gave a like a running, uh, you know, running uh, 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 spear almost like a shoulder block, I guess, and yeah. pinned him one, two, three, and. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they they fought for the title after, and of course uh, Flair retained. But just shows how much over the guy was, and the guy really—I mean, he—I think he won the North American title three times um, in Mid South. He won the television title, and I think he won the uh, Mid South t- uh, tag title with Jim Neidhart. He did, but yes, he, yeah. And then you know, one of the you know in, in the in the course of doing my research, um, I didn't realize that he actually turned babyface in Mid South, and it was with. Uh, I guess Buddy Landell was trying to recruit him into Skandar Akbar's army, which included, I believe, uh, Landell, uh, Hercules, and DiBiase. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, Landell supposedly offered him a Rolex watch, which is more like probably like an X-Lax watch. But um, so Landell just, I mean, uh, Butch Reed just took it and threw it down in the middle of the ring, started stomping on it. Then, you know, he punched out Landell. And, of course, the rest of the army comes in. And then there comes in uh, Hacksaw, Duggan. To uh, yeah. to Butch Reed's rescue, and then you know, next thing you know, you see them with a promo with uh, with Bill Watts. That wasn't Bill Watts. I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, Boyd Pierce, I think, was the announcer. And uh, the next thing, so now he's a babyface. But um, he had some epic feuds. His big ones were, like you said, with uh, Jim Duck and, and uh, JYD. Drew drew a huge amount of money with Junkyard mm-hmm. Dog, and uh, and also with Magnum TA in Mid South before Magnum TA really hit the big time. Right. Yeah. Uh... He he feuded. He was part of the the, the battles. Him and uh, Neidhart against Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling Two. So they had they had the the big tag match there. And and I think it's interesting. You look at the big names, the big names that came out of Mid South from that era: Terry Taylor, DiBiase, Junkyard Dog, Magnum TA, Jim Duggan, Buddy Landell. All of them, whether whether opponents or or partners, every one of them crossed paths with Butch Reed. It's it can't be it can't be emphasized enough just how important he was to Mid South success for, for a, a good number star. of years. For about he, he had about a five year run with them yes. that really uh, really took off, and then obviously his his transition excuse me his transition to uh, the World Wrestling Federation 
Um, that's when I, like I said, at my age, that's when I first started seeing him with the blonde hair and the natural. And, uh, you know, his, uh, that was, he was one of Slick's boys, that, that, that click. Um, his, he had a match with, I believe it was Coco Beware of WrestleMania 3. Yes, that is correct. And, you know, so you started seeing it. Interestingly enough, um, the, the couple of side facts from his time in the World Wrestling Federation that, uh, Buddy Reed, he competed in the first ever Royal Rumble, and he was actually the first person ever eliminated from a Royal Rumble. So he competed in the first Royal Rumble match in 88, the one won by Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he was the first one eliminated. So he, he for, forever, the trivia question, first person ever eliminated from a Royal Rumble match, That's Butch Reed. Yep, he also uh, he, he was in the main event of the first Survivor Series. Um, he had the great match, I think, underrated for as many matches as were on the card. WrestleMania four in the tournament with the Macho Man. Um, I thought that was for what it was. That was a great match for the time they were given. I mean, obviously Macho Man could have a, a good match with a with a mop handle, but Reed really brought it there, and and they continued his run. And, and like you said, and, and we were mentioning earlier, after you know, his transition there to the Crockett and WCW. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but you know he was just such a mainstay for as long as he was. But but transitioning from there, Benny, let me ask you: when he left the World Wrestling Federation and went to went to Cro- Jim Crockett, which would become WCW, he had kind of a, for lack of a better term, a resurgence. Uh, obviously, going back to some of his uh, some of his old feuds, but the the his partnering in the tag team Doom, where they teamed in with Ron Simmons, and you had a, a great run where they they were against the Steiners and the Road Warriors, and any of the big teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any memories of his run through WCW? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, with, with the masks, with you know, with him and Ron Simmons, with Teddy yep. Long as the manager. And uh, I want to backtrack for one second, though, because there was something that – actually, a couple of things I found out uh, in the course of my research for the podcast. One was that he was a, a professional rodeo. Uh, he did the uh, steer wrestling and ro- professional rodeos. Really? Yes, and actually, supposedly, was quite good at it. And uh, so that I didn't know. And the other thing, now, this is per Tony Atlas. So, we'll, you know, we'll take it from where it came. And uh, But supposedly, Tony Atlas proposed the, you know, the whole gimmick with the blonde hair and the natural thing mm-hmm. to Vince McMahon for himself. And really? Vince said, you know, that's not really a good idea. Next thing Tony sees is that, you know, Butch is doing the gimmick. But the thing that really surprised me the most was that Butch was actually supposed to win the uh, Intercontinental Championship from Ricky Steamboat when Ricky Steamboat left. Okay. And, and Butch no showed. He no showed the taping. He no showed the he no showed the match. Yeah. And then uh, I guess Vince asked Hulk, "Who do you think uh, would be a good champion?" And I guess at that time Wayne Ferris was walking down the hall, and Hulk said, "What about him?" You know. And of course, the rest is history. And, and the Honky Tonk Man ended up with one of the arguably greatest runs in history oh, yeah. with the title. So it make, makes you wonder what would have happened if, if Butch Reed had showed up and he had one. What would they have done with him? Well, I mean, I imagine you it would have been a similar. I don't, I don't know if they would have kept the title on him for as long as they did. But uh, Slick being the great manager that he was, you could have had a you would have had the similar dynamic with Honky and, and uh, Jimmy Hart, except. Butch Reed, and not a criticism, because he was still good for what he was, but Butch Reed couldn't couldn't cut a promo like Honky Tonk Man, so I don't no, think he... That was that was one of his weak points. I don't think he could have done some of what Honky did, but it'd be interesting to see. Right. 
But yeah, as far as I mean, Doom Doom faced all the top teams. You know, they, I think they beat actually beat the Steiners for they the uh, the World Tag Team Championship, and then uh, you know they they feuded with LOD. I mean, there was a lot of good teams back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you remember, it was uh, Doom was was a uh, woman that was she, when she was she was promising to bring Doom to the. You know, she was promising to bring Doom, and literally it was a play on words. But but yeah, they. Uh, it was 1989, actually. Um, so, yeah, the guys came in, masks. Now, it's funny because at the time, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed were two of the only African-American wrestlers on the payroll. So it was, yeah, they were masked, but I'd say the average fan, 10, 15 seconds to figure out who that was. Yeah, we, we all knew who you know, it, it reminds me of uh, we were. I was actually oddly enough, I was talking with a friend of mine today about it. Um, something related, similar. It reminds me when Andre the Giant did the giant machine. The giant gimmick. machine, yeah. Hey, yeah. Let me see who is that. You know, who's that eight <laughs> right. foot tall guy? Let me see who could that be. Or uh, the Mister America from Hulk Hogan for some of our younger fans. And you know, so yeah, I mean, these guys came in. They or beat. even for the older fans, when Killer Kowalski played one of the executioners. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Or. Um, you know, it's it's funny. There's a couple of, of chances because it was uh, oh, who was it? Um, <laughs> I I hate to say it, but if you remember the the scorpion gimmick, yes, when when you know you start seeing towards the very end, and you start seeing the moments, and you're like, that's cl- the the way he walks, the way he moves is like that's clearly Ric Flair. We, or we even, all know even uh, Spider Lady when she oh yeah with, uh, Wendy Richter. It's like. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, obviously, obviously, Mula. But yeah, no, they had a good run as Doom, and then uh, you know, Ron Simmons you know, that catapulted him into the main event. You know, Bush yeah, first kind of hung first, around for a while after that. Right. I mean, Ron Simmons obviously went on to be the first first ever African American heavyweight champion, recognized by the promotion, and uh, not like not like Butch Reed faded into the into the darkness. I mean, he had a. a semi-decent run there but yeah doom and and he kept going and then you remember they had their feuds later on with uh some of the groups like the Freebirds, and and obviously i mentioned the road warriors earlier they even crossed paths with uh the horsemen and sting and lex luger so i mean that was a hell of a career and a real loss yeah you know and yeah he was he was solid for many many years great you know, physique even, you know oh. just you know excellent worker like you said maybe a little bit weak on the mic but you know he would you know, with, with a slick or you know, with a with a uh, Teddy Long, kind of made up for that. Kind of uh, my whole point of you know managers back in wrestling, and that's you know it, it, that's one of the reasons why I'd like to see managers back in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he definitely carried it, and and the thing too is you have his his independent work for years. Like I mentioned, his his last official match was in 2013. Uh, I mean, he he did. Worked with uh, Harley Race's uh, promotion. He wrestled for the United States Wrestling Association, the Global Global Wrestling Federation. Right. Uh, I mean, he and, and during the indie runs, usually this is when the older wrestlers and you've probably seen this a lot more than I have. They're usually on their downturn. You see them; they're wrestling in t-shirts. They're you know um, not as slow. Or I, I mean, there's really no evidence that Butch Reed slowed down. I mean, he was still bringing it. He was still had a good reputation for what he did. Uh, some of the some of the legends that you know that every they always talk well about people and I mean he's 
he yeah, was and, he was one of the he was one of the greats, and and, and wrestling know, and, lost and, a good one. To uh, to kind of you know, I know Angela was saying about the older people, and you know, he said fifties and sixties, but I would take a little bit of a different stance. You know, maybe uh, Goldberg, I absolutely agree, but you know, Edge, um, Edge is forty seven. I, you know, I have my notes here that if Shawn Michaels was the show stopper, Edge is the show stealer, because yeah. that's that's what he did this week, in my opinion, anyway. And we'll get we'll get to this week in wrestling in a minute, but don't forget. People want to paint forty-year-olds, you know, as as the end of the road. We we touched on it in the in our uh, review of the Rumble when nineteen ninety-two, the greatest Royal Rumble ever, in my opinion. Ric Flair was forty-two when he won that match, right? You know, and and you have Edge. This is a guy who came back from career a career-ending injury, damn, almost life-threatening. Had the neck surgery, tore the tricep. He's been on. He's been on sh- every show. He's been the highlight of damn near everything he's done since he's come back. You can't call him some old part timer. No, you I mean his, no. His work is great. I mean, and his promos this week were epic. Yeah, his facial expressions are like perfect. He just he knows how to, you know, sell a match. Yep, and I I compare it to. Uh, Batista, when they brought Batista back during the whole day, the rise of Daniel Bryan. I mean, Edge has already been on TV more since winning the Rumble than Batista was, and that was supposed to be one of the biggest stories they had going. I think he's kind of showing that he's here. He's proven in the fans. Uh, you can argue the quality of the match. I mean, obviously, Angelo didn't like it as much as we did, but uh, it's interesting to see. But you had something interesting, Benny. You were talking before the show. You were telling me about ratings. Did you happen to get the the, the raw post rumble ratings that we were waiting for? I, I did, and um, I'm surprised they really didn't do much of anything. In fact, I mean, they went up from a one a million eight hundred twenty thousand to a million eight hundred ninety two thousand. So they went up seventy two thousand, which on a percentage basis is literally like maybe three or four percent. Nothing right, like so what? Uh, it, it, you know, it's statistically insignificant. Really, kind yeah, of usually. same as the previous week. Right, usually the matches following the uh, the, pay- the big pay-per-view, you get that bump. And SmackDown but, uh, actually went down. I mean, it was a shock to see that. Well, in, in SmackDown's defense, they had several events going against them. But it, 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 you see, and now you, you said something, and I want you to expand on that. Edge was on every show following the Rumble. He was on yes. Raw, he was on NXT, he was on SmackDown. You said something that struck me before the show. You said uh, he was pretty much the highlight of each one. So expand on that. Tell me about these these promos and the stories. I thought so because you know Drew, you know Drew's cutting this promo and Edge comes out and you know Drew's giving Edge all these accolades. You know Edge, I always looked up to you and you know you were my mentor and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden Edge just looks at me and goes, "What the hell is wrong with you? Like do you do you not understand that I just won the Royal Rumble? I'm coming for you." And it just like just altered everything, and he did the same thing with Roman Reigns, and then he did the same thing with Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. He just he, he did the trifecta. I mean, each one of them. So you know, I, I always use analogies, and we we talked about this that you know, to me, the road to WrestleMania, even though you know Angela called it a gravel road, to me, like you, you it's a house. So you, you, right. you, know, the, you, you Royal Rumble, you kind of laid the foundation, um, you know, and now each succeeding show, you want to put enough bricks. On, on the house 
so that you keep people's interest peaked. Like, what is this house going to look like? You don't want to do too much too soon because you want the grand premiere, the grand opening of the house to be right at WrestleMania, at least in my opinion. Right. And I I think to that extent, I think they're doing a pretty decent job because, you know, Edge teased that, you know, he's going to mess with all three of these guys. You really, you left, you know, you watched all three and you really don't know. I mean, you know, realistically, do I see him with Finn Balor? No. But he did enough of a promo that, you know, he said, well, I've never been here before. You know, I've never won this. So you think, eh, maybe, Mm -hmm. but... Um, I just I just enjoyed him. He made all three shows really, really, you know, like I told you earlier, he, he makes you want to watch the shows going forward. Right. And, and, you know, I have a thought on that. I'm going to get to it in a second. I had to catch the show. Uh, I had to catch SmackDown, the recent SmackDown on a on a I watched it on Hulu following uh, because I was out of town. And I mentioned that because I, I'm going to give a kind of turn my story into a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, when I traveled, I brought the the briefs, the the boxer briefs that Manscaped.com sells. And obviously, we always talk about you know your your wonderful poems. You talk about the sh- trimmers and shavers and and things they're known for. But they have a lot of other stuff. They have it's the best uh, underwear I've ever had. They have t- undershirts, uh, wife sprays. They have a, a deodorant and a refreshing spray that are both amazing, and they're they're basically travel essentials at this point. Right. I would still be buying their products, and I'm saying this because it's not a paid advertisement. I'm genuinely a fan of their products, even without uh, even without the the shaver. And I, I mentioned the underwear specifically because our promo code Wrestling Future is twenty percent off. That's eight dollars off the pack, the three pack that they sell, which is. Great, a great deal. I, like I said, I've still been buying them. I still have them. Um, but yeah, uh, manscaped.com has, has been our sponsor. They're friends of the show. Uh, wrote promo code Wrestling Future for 20% off. It's a great product. Uh, when I was on the road the weekend before the show, I, I had their products with me and it was great stuff. It's just not, I can't stress enough just how awesome their brand is. The I've not been disappointed with anything I've bought from them. Everything has been a surprise. And even some of the updates, I have a, a subscription service where they send me new blades every every other month. And with it comes a free gift. And they're sending stuff I didn't even know they sold. Uh, and I obviously get to use it. They The last package I got had a foot spray in it. It's great because I wear steel-toed shoes at work. Uh, but yeah, manscaped.com, promo code WrestlingFuture, 20% off. Great stuff. Great sponsor. Friends of the show. But to go back to what you were saying, Benny, um, I think, yeah, you're right. I don't see Edge going for the NXT title, but the way he cut the promo, they laid the foundation that they could go any way. Right. Since since the brand split, they've always kind of driven the point home. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble a few years ago. It's obvious from day one he's going after AJ Styles. Charlotte Flair made it very clear almost from the instant – I'm I'm elevating NXT because I'm that good and I can. She didn't. Terrible idea. Argument for another day. Uh, but you see these the, these people. Um, you know when you had Becky Lynch and you're like, okay, you know what show she, what belt she's going after. Now they incorporated the SmackDown title into the into the triple threat with with Charlotte Flair. But they always build up. You know, as soon as you see the winner, Raw SmackDown, you know what's happening. I could see Edge going either way here, or any way here, I should say. And I think that's that shows uh, that they're doing well with what they have. And like you said, it makes you, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Benny, it makes you want to keep watching because there's so many good possibilities. Yeah, it's like a plot. you got to see the twists and turns of the plot. Uh, you know, they, they, he just, 
he gave enough to each that you think, well, there's a possibility. I mean, you have everybody has their own thought about who he's going to like. I personally think he's going to face Roman Reigns, but he could he could just as easily face Drew McIntyre. Now, I think it's interesting, and I'm going to get your opinion on this because you're caught up on the program. Shane McMahon returned to Raw this week for for those keeping score, and he announced the Raw heavyweight title, Drew McIntyre, is going to defend his title in an Elimination Chamber match at the upcoming Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber matches are always good. They're very much like the Rumble. Even the bad Chamber matches are still fun. And there's been some complaint online of people saying, you just had this huge Rumble. You just had Edge pouring his heart out about winning a title shot. And here comes Shane McMahon. You, 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 and you. Bam. Title shots. Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Everybody, everybody, get in, get in the chamber. You're, you're the title shots, and people are saying it, it hurt. I'm going to disagree with the mentality here, and we'll talk about it uh, a bit. Is part of the fun of winning the rumble is the the title shot at Mania. The it doesn't matter who the champion is at Elimination Chamber. I mean, if you remember from years ago, Shawn Michaels actually interfered in the chamber match to get to Undertaker at Mania. You know, right. Drew, uh, excuse me, Edge, he's, he realistically, he shouldn't care who wins these chamber matches. He gets his title shot regardless, and he gets it on the main event at WrestleMania. I Yeah, if I'm, say, Sheamus, I didn't win the Rumble, but I get a title shot. I can still, I could try and win the title and bring it to Mania, but I know I'm going to have to fight Edge when I get there. But I think, I don't think it hurts anything. Um, I, I would like to have seen more earning. You know, Shane McMahon's always... All this time on SmackDown, he always talked about opportunity. I would have liked to have seen maybe some qualifying matches, uh, but I don't think I've taken this moment to disagree with the narrative that it hurt uh, Edge's win. But yeah, what are your thoughts? You're already completely no. I completely agree with you. I mean, it's you know that in all you know in all likelihood the title's not going to change hands. Drew's going to stay the champion. But, I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, if you watch a really entertaining match, isn't that good enough? I mean, I'm, I'm happy watching a good match, even if the right. title doesn't change hands, and even if I know the title's not going to change hands. And honestly, I, I enjoyed Sheamus doing the bro kick and kind of getting himself back in the spotlight a little bit. It, it's, it, to me, it's been long overdue. He's, he's, I think he's very good. I think he still has yeah. a lot to offer. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times when, when they have angles that involve turning on your friends or whatever, because, I mean, let's be honest, anybody, any, when they were building up, they were building up uh, the, the, the friendship between Sheamus and McIntyre and all the years. And, you know, there's clips going back 10 years, 20 years, them, them being friends and all. You knew. I mean, that ends one way. When you build up a friendship like that, that ends one of two ways. You're tag team champions in some emotional payoff, or one of you turns on the other, and that's the big feud. And you knew they were going to slap the tag. Yeah, they're they're not going to slap the tag titles on the two of them. So Sheamus is turning on Drew McIntyre. You you saw it coming. I still think they did it well. I love the the fact that Sheamus, from his feud with Jeff Hardy all all those months back, kept the, uh, the barroom brawler look. With the with the with the suspenders and the derby I hat like and all, that. yeah, I, I like the look. It definitely, yeah, it definitely adds that that Irish brawler. Um, but I think it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. I think Drew McIntyre 
is is going to stay champion. Same thing. I don't see Roman if Roman Reigns has to defend his title in in a chamber. I don't see him losing the belt either. But you can use the chamber matches to build a storyline. Uh, if you remember a couple years ago, the Fiend won the title uh, at the chamber, but prior to losing it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania in that god awful match where they projected the bugs onto the ring and stuff. But then you also had Kofi Kingston coming within a nose hair of winning the title against Daniel Bryan. And that led to what they dubbed Kofi Mania and him winning the title at Mania, beating Daniel Bryan in what I thought was match of the night. And it's a Kofi big, big moment uh, there. And so maybe if not a title change, you can build up whoever it is that's not going to face edge like we both agree he's going to face roman reigns so maybe something in this chamber match you build up and you have you have uh drew mcintyre's next opponent yeah and um you know i i think it's again you're laying another you don't have to build a whole house it, we there's still plenty of time you just you know lay a few more bricks down and it just you know again it's you you want to keep drawing people in you want to you know you want to get them to want to watch more you don't have to give away the whole show just you know Give them a little bit at a time. I think they're doing a really good job at this so far. Yeah, I, I believe so. And um, uh, same the same things going down with our friends at SmackDown. There, and I give SmackDown more credit than I do Raw here. SmackDown is building stars. Kevin Owens is a genuine main eventer now. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura has been pulled from the upper mid card. I can easily see him in the main event scene. He cut that great promo for what he can say and do that his, his, you know, there's more, he said there's more than one path to the championship. The rumble didn't work out. He's got another way there. And for all the uh, surprise of surprise on my end, because he's been such a good talent for so many years is they have been pushing Cesaro to the stratosphere And they've been, in a way, they've been doing it at the, not at the expense of Daniel Bryan. I think if there's anybody on the roster that can lose regularly to, to Cesaro in these great matches, just last week, Daniel Bryan tapped out to the sharpshooter. Sharpshooter, yes. Which, which I was by the way, to see that, but then when I thought about it for a little bit, it actually did make sense. I mean, Cesaro does a sharpshooter as a nod to his ties to the Hart family, his tag with Tyson Kidd. And and his uh, his more obviously working relationship with Natalia. I would just like to point out that Cesaro actually has a really good looking sharpshooter. Usually, when non heart members use the sharpshooter, it looks terrible. Uh, Rock had the worst looking sharpshooter I've ever seen, and for some reason, they felt like giving that to him for a while. But I you you have SmackDown has four or five guys. I think you've got Daniel Bryan. Nakamura, Cesaro, you ha- uh, Kevin Owens, you right. have four or five guys that you could put in the chamber match, and I could be happy with any one of them winning it. Right. They won't. A- ab- I absolutely. think Roman Reigns retains, but I think it's nice to see for the first time in what feels like years a genuine blend where the upper mid card and the main event blend. It reminds me of like your Ultimate Warrior, your Jake the Snake Roberts, you're you're fighting for the Intercontinental Title, but if you're if you're fighting for the heavyweight title next week, makes just as much sense. Ted DiBiase, uh, you know, he, I hate to say it, but even someone like a Brutus Beefcake who was tagging with Hulk Hogan one night and wrestling for the Intercontinental Title the next, when you can blur your mid card, your upper mid card, and your main event scene, it just makes for such a, a so much more interesting of a 
of a roster because anybody can win at any time. And I like the fact that it seems like they're kind of going old school to the extent that they're, you know, they're building two very strong champions and they're letting them hold the belt. Right. You know, they're not going to measure it. You know, he's been champion for 98 days. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're champs by next WrestleMania. And, yeah, you know, I it, it, easily, it goes over a year. I mean, I mean, you realize other than that short stint where he lost it and won it back from Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre has been champion all but one month since last WrestleMania when right. he won the title from Gold, from uh, from Goldberg from Lesnar. So I mean, you're talking fourteen of fifteen months. Right. Uh, if he carries it to 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 the next feud past WrestleMania, that's a hell of a strong champion. And right. what is one thing? You've said it before. One of the big problems that wrestling has is it loves to make champions lose. Like they book champions to look weak, but now you book champions to look strong and you got a good product to go with it. Right. Right. No, I'm enjoying it. I mean, it just, like I said, it's to me, it's old school and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, have, you know, have the, the, the baby faces chase the heel champion and vice versa. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. And I think, it's interesting to see because it's a good mix. You've got a dominant heel champion and a dominant face champion. So you've got the heel, the the, the conquering baby face who's got to get past the heel shenanigans on one brand and the conquering heel who does whatever he can from cheating to crooked finishes to having a ref just stop counting for no reason, keeping the title however he can. And I, I think it's be interesting to see. But the next big thing, Benny, I want to talk about is NXT. You obviously you said you've been keeping up with the NXT product. You've got a uh, big NXT pay per view coming up. In uh, oh well, I should say they're building up to an NXT pay per view. So, what are your thoughts? I'm going to give you the time here. What are your thoughts on NXT in recent weeks? It's it's always solid, you know. Um, you had you had. Uh... The promo with Edge was with uh, actually with Pete Dunn uh, and and uh, and Finn Balor, and Edge said something about you guys. You stress the second W in WWE, you know, and mm-hmm. he used the word wrestling, and it was so cool to hear him say that. But but it's it's true. I mean, that's NXT is really about wrestling, and I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And you know, a guy like Pete Dunn, he's solid. Uh, he was also, and I didn't, I mean, having not watched it for a long time and now kind of getting back into it, you know, mm-hmm. he, Pete Dunn was with Oni Lorcan and uh, Danny Birch, I, I yes. guess, who are the tag team champions, which apparently they turned heel since the last time I watched it. Yeah, uh, uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, remember, they'd been together for a while, kind of floundering in the mid-card, upper mid-card. The three of them, they were the henchmen of sorts for the the wrestling run of Pat McAfee, the cult punter turned sports commentator who right. had a great run. Uh, he had the great match with Michael, or I almost said Michael Cole. Um, great match with Adam Cole, and then the War Games match, his pack against the uh, Undisputed Era. I think, now he hasn't been on, obviously he hasn't been on NXT TV for a while, but I like the fact that they're keeping the storylines going. It's not just like okay, Pat McAfee's he's he's not here anymore, so let's move on. I, I do think they're going to miss, and that was one of the things that uh, to me, besides Edge on Raw, was uh, Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. To me, was one of the stars. And obviously, Damian Priest is official Raw Met Raw superstar now. 
Yeah, and you know, I don't know. They they had uh, uh, Bad Bunny again on Miz TV <laughs> you know, with Miz yeah, and Larson well, trying to put they, Bad Bunny over, and all of a sudden he says, "Here's my friend," and here comes Damian Priest. You know, punches Miz in the face. And I, I'm trying. What, what the name of his hold? I can't think of the name of it now. It's escaping me. Uh, uh, Damian Priest's finishing hold. But it, it's a really good looking finisher, and he he went over Miz clean. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I mean, the guy, he's. I think he's a star in the making. He's got a great look. He's great in the ring. I don't know about his mic skills, but I, I think that's something. I, I, to me, that's not really a limitation. You can always get around that. Well, you can have somebody doing talking for him. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed that segment. That was, and I, I thought he was, you know, he definitely stood out. Yeah, no, and and it definitely has his uh, has his moments. I actually like. I, I I'm trying to draw a blank on the finishing move as well. He he does a uh, a version. The there it is. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, he does a version of. It reminds me of Crossroads, the move that it, Cody yes, uses. It, it is a cross. Yes. And yeah, it's kind reckoning. of a mo- an inverted cutter of sorts. Right. But uh, <laughs> I you know it's funny. You've got the pay per view coming up this this Sunday. Um. It, what are they? They're calling it. Obviously, I mentioned they, they're not calling it St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It's NXT NXT Takeover Vengeance Day, which is, I guess, a good play on words. I think that's what's interesting. We'll have to watch NXT this week. Is there so far? There's only one confirmed match, and that's the women's title match: Io Shirai against uh, uh, Tony Storm and uh, Mercedes Martinez, who was the conquering hero, well, conquering villain. Uh, the beat Rhea Ripley on her way out. So that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, NXT always bringing it. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been keeping up much. I mentioned my travels. I haven't kept up with AEW in, in recent weeks, yeah, so I have no opinion here. there. But uh, NXT's always been doing well, and it'd be interesting to see. Um, I would personally, I, I, I like I said, I don't think they're going that way. I think a match between Edge and Finn Balor would be great. Um, interesting note, you were talking about how the, some of the moments, uh, the, the the Bad Bunny's currently ch- training. Apparently, the story is he's training at the Performance Center, and it certainly looks like one of the matches at WrestleMania is going to be Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against The Absolutely. Miz and Morrison. You always got to have your celebrity match at Mania, you know? But, and I don't think that would be so bad. I think it's going to showcase Damian Priest. I think they're going to go over. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just going to, you know, be like I said, be a showcase for his talent. I just... I think he's going to be the next breakout star in Raw. I hope they don't do to him what they did to so many other people that they brought up from NXT. I think I don't think they're going to waste him the way they do. Uh, although I also said the same thing about I, I. Unfortunately, years ago, I didn't think they were going to waste the Ascension. I didn't think they were going to waste some of the talents they had with like an Aiden English, uh, Alistair even, Black. Yeah, Al, geez, that's another one. I thought Alistair Black would be the next, second coming of the Undertaker, but uh, same. But yeah, it's it, we'll see, and and hopefully they uh, they get their stuff together. It'd be interesting because you've got um, takeover in April, so obviously, and let's be honest, the WrestleMania era takeovers are always the, arguably the best show of the year. So uh, we got a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. But, um, so closing thoughts, Benny, you have any uh, party thoughts on the week? Um, I you know I, I'm slowly you know kind of getting drawn back into the newer stuff. You know, I watched a good five hours of it this week and. I have to say, you know, there was a couple of minutes, you know, moments where I didn't really, you know, I didn't enjoy it or it didn't make sense. You know, one of the things that didn't make sense was uh, 
when Randy Orton came down the ring, and I, I didn't, we didn't really talk about the whole Alexa Bliss thing. Maybe we can talk about it next week. But I didn't. That was one of the things I didn't like. I, I, I don't get the whole thing with Alexa Bliss. I'm sure you know I'm, I'm missing something. But wait, are you talking about her being the inter- interfering factor in the match between Randy Orton and Edge? Well, she, they had a match between her and uh, Nikki Cross, and she morphed herself several times. And I mean, yes. yeah, I mean. You know, it's one thing suspension and disbelief, but I, I think that was a bit ridiculous. But the, I, I, all that I could live with. But then she's walking back to the ring, to the you know, back to the back, and Randy Orton's walking back in the ring, and they just kind of look at each other and they walk past each other. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, isn't she the one who like you know threw fire in your eyes a couple of weeks ago? Like, well, m- remember Randy Orton's face, despite all the scarring he had the week, the Monday before, his face healed before the Royal Rumble. So right. maybe you know. Moving on, maybe you might maybe be those same apples that Carlito's eating. Who knows? Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know it's it, uh, it's been a hell of a week, up and down. Obviously, we we touched on the beginning. You know, lost one of the greats, but the product moves on, and uh, so far, so good. So, uh, Benny, like I said, you, you uh, last last word is yours. Uh, you talk about upcoming matches, upcoming pay per views. Is match of the year going to be? The BS Express against Dominic DiNucci, is he finally coming for you, or is he still you know, dodging? I, I'm, I'm still waiting for him. I guess i gotta, I got to turn it up a bit. I, you know, I've got my cousin in from Scala, Italy, although he's going to – I mean, he's gone now. I mean, it, maybe we'll see him, you know, a couple of years from now float up somewhere and, you know, be, a, you know, on, on a missing – a cereal box or something like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, here's hoping. I mean, I want that polenta. I've never had it before. I've got, you know, I, I got a manager. I got a trainer. I mean – we got the venue. We got everything except for Dominic to sign on the dotted line. So one more shout out to Mr. Danucci. Always, and and that'll be that'll be an in the ring with Dan and Benny exclusive when Dominic accepts your challenge. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said at the top of the hour, in the ring with Dan and Benny, we're on Facebook. In the ring with Dan and Benny, it's a public group. Feel free to join, chat. Plenty of active uh, active topics. Uh, we're on every week. We got a couple of great shows coming up. I mentioned in the discussion with Angelo, we've got. Andrew Anderson to talk about his time in Jersey and Texas, which Texas wrestling right now is hopping. And we'll get to that in our discussion. We have Scott Teal, great wrestling author coming on next week. So for the BS express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spastiano as always happy wrestling and good night, everybody. Buona sera.